Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. We're here today talking injuries, who you should be concerned with, who can you trust, who can you draft confidently. We got a fun show today. Uh, we want to sincerely thank you guys for listening. It really means the world to us. Every time we see one or, or more views, it makes us smile. It makes us so proud. We hope you guys are enjoying the content. If you guys want your questions ever answered on the show, send us a DM. We're at Twitter. We're on Instagram at injury underscore fantasy. As always, feel free to check out our website. we got some awesome, amazing developing content on there, fantasyinjuryteam.com. So, Tom, last episode, we discussed some studs, some guys in the top rounds. We discussed CMC, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley, Cam Akers. Tom gave his medical, his expert medical opinion on Stafford on the lingering issue. And we got much more for you today. So once again, the doctor is in. He's the man, the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. It's also people are, are calling this the, the summer of Tom. The guy seems to <laughs> the guy seems to have traveled the world in the last, uh, I don't know, two or three months. Tom, where, where are we recording from today? Because it's somewhere new every week, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's definitely been the summer of Tom. And I certainly draw my inspiration from the one and only George Costanza for that one. Um, right now I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, um, which is where I lived for the last six years, did all my PT school, uh, three years of PT school, as well as residency and my fellowship training here. And uh, this is kind of my last weekend here wrapping up. We had a nice little fellowship graduation ceremony type dinner last night and then have a really cool uh, continuing education course coming up tomorrow and Sunday. And then it's back to Philly. Back to the East Coast, baby. Well, you're still on the East Coast, but back to the Northeast, I guess. I'm just over here recording from my uh, beautiful abode here in, uh, in Cranford, New Jersey. <laughs> beautiful day. Beautiful Friday, though. Tom, where, real quick, where else have you been this summer? Just so everybody kind of uh, gets a little background on, on the world travel doctor of physical therapy. Yeah, let's see. I've been in Charlotte, and then from there I went to Lima, Peru, then to Machu Picchu, then to Cusco, Peru, then to Medellin, Colombia, and Cartagena, Colombia. Then from there, I went to Boston and then visited you and some other friends in New Jersey. Uh, great. I've been to Wildwood, New Jersey, and uh, the golf course a couple of times, and that's about it. So I'll work You're on really my- <laughs> living the dream there, aren't you? <laughs> I'll, I'll work on my traveling experiences, uh, hopefully next summer. Although a baby on the way, probably not, but uh, we're all jealous of you, Tom. All right, guys. So last episode, we gave you a ton of information. Listen, me and Tom, we take hours and hours to try to gather this information for you guys. We try to make it as comprehensible as possible for you, the fantasy football player. And once again, the teacher and me, you guys got to take the information, create your own thoughts. Listen, me and Tom, well, we, we like to think that we're pretty good at fantasy football, but you guys got to come up with your own opinions as well. Uh, you know, we've analyzed the data carefully. We've created some conclusions for you, but again, take it Listen to it and, and draw some conclusions on your own. Hopefully, all the data and information we're giving you gives you guys a heads up on your league mates. All right, so you ready, Tom? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, baby, let's jump in here. So we're picking up here on round three. Uh, just to give you guys a little preview of the show today, we have Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Antonio Gibson, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, and then we got a fun little segment for you at the end. But here we are in round three. We're talking about players who are coming off major injuries and pick number 28. I don't have too many shares of him so far in my mock drafts. He's going as wide receiver 11. It's Mike Evans. Um, strength of schedule is second, which 
Mike Evans and Tom Brady with the second easiest schedule. That's pretty darn good, pretty appealing. Positive here is uh, he's six foot five and he's playing for arguably the best quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. So Mike Evans was wide receiver eight last year, wide receiver 10 in 2020, wide receiver 12 in 2019, wide receiver nine in 2018. Talk about a guy that's just been uber consistent. A little bit of bad news for him. His targets have come down the last two seasons. He was actually outside the top 20 last year in targets and in receiving yards. Plus, he's getting a little bit older at 28. We always laugh at guys that are older, quote unquote, at 28. Once again, as me and Tom are 30. Turn turns 29, actually on August 21st. But let's just go through his injury history quickly. 2014 and 2015, a groin injury, some abdomen strains, a hamstring pull. He's got a pretty lengthy list here. 2016, a concussion, which we're not worried about. A little more recently, 2019, a thigh hamstring pull, which he missed the whole season for or the remainder of the season. 2020, he had an ankle sprain and a thigh hamstring strain. And then last year, 2021, a knee strain and then a thigh hamstring strain. Tom, that's a pretty big list. What are your thoughts and your analysis on Evan's injury past? Yeah. So the thing about him, he's he's the guy that always seems to be on the injury list. But last season, he only missed one game. And in the past four seasons, he's only missed a total of four games. So he finds a way to get on the field. That being said, we're going to likely see him on the injury report. He already has a hamstring injury this season. Um, and we know that when it comes to hamstring injuries, the um, what increases someone's risk for hamstring injury is a previous hamstring injury, which he's got a number of, as well as other lower extremity injuries, such as ankle sprains, which uh, he's got a smaller history than, than many um, football players, but he certainly has the history there. Uh, just looking at some medical data, the existence of a previous hamstring injury is actually going to increase the re-injury risk by 2.7 times. And we're, we're already seeing that with him. I mean, he's got like three, four hamstring injuries in his past, and he's already got one this year. But that being said, I mean, he, like I said, he's missed four games in the last four seasons. He finds a way to get on the field. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago, his opportunity was one of the best for all receivers. Um, catching from Brady with Godwin likely off to a slow start coming off the ACL. And it was really just him and Russell Gage there. Gronk retired as well. They signed Julio a few weeks ago. I don't think Julio himself is going to be fantasy relevant, but I do think he takes away from Evans a little bit. So I'm, starting to drop Evans in my rankings, but I mean, he's just the, he's so consistent. Like you, you named his stats over the, where he finished the last four seasons. I think he's locked in to finish as a wide receiver one. I just don't think he's going to finish in the top five. I'm almost questioning myself why I'm not taking him because it's almost like a guy like Stafford that we talked about last show, like this huge list of injuries. And then he plays through them. Like there's a, there's a list of eight or 10 injuries, somewhat, you know, not major, major, but big injuries. You said he's only missed what four games in his career or four in, in the last four seasons, in the last four seasons, still again, wide receiver, eight, 10, 12, and nine in the last four seasons. So a guy that there's really no reason not to pick him. I mean, we know he's always on the injury report, but his finishes tell a different story. I mean, he's always up there. And again, you can't discount the fact that he has Tom, Brady throwing to him in in an offense where you know Gronk is gone 
Um, we got Godwin who's banged up, right? I mean, Julio Jones, who knows what he could be. Even Russell Gage is a little bit banged up. So Evans is definitely their wide receiver one. So which, I mean, I guess you kind of mentioned the injuries, but what are the implications with, you know, Godwin being banged up, Gage, do we do we see his, you know, like I talked about, his targets were outside the top 20. Do we see his target share possibly going up? You know, again, Gronk gone, Godwin banged up, Gage hurt, Julio Jones getting up there. Do you think an improved season? I mean, you kind of answered it. You know, you don't think he's going to finish top five, but do, do you see a top 10 finish for Evans? For sure. For sure. I see him finishing like seven through nine or somewhere in there, seven through nine, seven through 10. Um, I do think the Godwin situation favors Evans, at least for the first half of the season. Um, who knows if Julio is going to stay on the field? He hasn't in recent years. Uh, Gage has been pretty consistent, but you, as you mentioned, he's got his own little injury going on right now. Uh, Gage was a sound- super popular sleeper, yeah. like going back to like, I mean, I had him like on all my teams, like late, June, early July, I was like, oh, this is the guy. But now it's kind of died off with him a little bit. Yeah, his oppor- Gage's opportunity seems to be decreasing the most with Julio um, coming to town. Okay. So maybe not a sexy pick. Like people at your draft might not be like, oh my God, Mike Evans. Wow, what a steal. But it's a guy who is very likely going to finish as a mid to you know, later wide receiver one. So Absolutely. Just this conversation has made me somewhat reconsider Mike Evans here a little bit. Again, just looking at all of his statistics. So, okay, Mike Evans going again, mid-third round there. You know, Tom says he's pretty safe. I, I tend to agree with him. So good analysis on him. Another guy here in round three who I wrote an article on. I am super high on him this year. He's going pick 33. So a couple of picks after Mike Evans going as wide receiver 12. His strength of schedule is 18th. It's T. Higgins. I mean, the guy, every time I watch him, he looks the part, the eye test. He's an alpha, big, strong, fast, sure-handed wide receiver. Finished as wide receiver 24 last year. I mean, he did miss three games looking at the statistics. If he did play, he only missed three games. But if he played in those three games, he very likely would have been inside the top 15. And his, I would say his ADP would be even higher. We got Burrow finally fully healthy an improved offensive line, and a really good bit of information here is games that they've played together last year. Higgins actually had more targets than Chase. I forget the numbers. I think it was pretty close. But Higgins does eat up a ton of targets in that Bengals offense. However, little downside, he's yet to clear six touchdowns in his career. Um, Some people could look at that as a bad thing. Some people could look at that as positive regression is coming. But again, he did miss three games last year. And again, if he played a full season, I see him finishing as at least last year, probably would have finished in the top 15 as a really high-end wide receiver too. So let's talk about his injuries a little bit. Not too bad, not as bad as Evans, certainly, but 2020, a hamstring injury. 2021, another hamstring injury. Tom, you always talk about how the the best indicator is previous injuries of the same. Um, And then again, in 2021, he had a shoulder injury where he missed two games, also tweaked his ankle in 2021. What is your expert analysis on T. Higgins and his injuries? Yeah, so with that shoulder, he played through the labrum tear all season, which a lot of guys are able to do, and he went and had surgery on it in March. Um, This was kind of under the radar. We didn't hear a whole lot of reports about it until he showed up at a Cincinnati Reds game in a sling. 
So with the labrum repair, it's, it's a pretty extensive rehab. Um, you're looking at about four to six months before return to, to full function, full, full play. Um, that being Does that said, require surgery, Tom? Yes. The labrum? Yes. Okay. Uh, not always, but, but like, like I said, he tore it early in the season. He played through it, um, but he elected to have the surgery in the offseason. So, I have a, a torn labrum, uh, you know, not that I'm an NFL player, but I have a torn labrum and it never got surgery on it. It just never fully healed. That's why I asked. Like people used to say, you should get the surgery. You should get it. Never got it. And it's something that never goes away. So that, I just had to ask that question about the surgery. It's a case by case situation, but the reason that he'll get the surgery is the labrum helps hold the humerus, the arm bone in the shoulder socket. So if the labrum integrity is compromised or the labrum's torn, they're more likely to dislocate the shoulder. Um, so remember Baker Mayfield this past season, his, his non-throwing shoulder continued to dislocate over and over and over again. And he, he went and had this surgery in the offseason. Um, so that's why they'll get the surgeries to stabilize it so it doesn't dislocate so much uh, and doesn't hurt as much and improves their function. But he had the repair in March. So timeline wise, he should be good for week one. He's not yet fully practicing. He's doing um, like individual and position based drills, but he's not doing anything contact. The reports are that next week he'll start with seven on seven. So they're really starting to ramp him up. Sounds like next week. Um, There's no reason to think that he's not ready to go week one. And it's, you know, it's a a shoulder injury. So it's not going to affect his speed. It's not going to affect his athleticism. Um, there's really no reason to think that it should impact his performance on the field at this time. Um, if we think uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had this surgery beginning of last season, and he was actually able to come back and play at the end of the season in it's like 12 weeks or something remarkable like that. Higgins will be about 27 weeks post-stop by week one, which is a little bit less than the average. The average receiver comes back at about 39 weeks post-off, but that number's inflated because there's a set start of the season. Like a lot of these guys would have been ready to come back before 39 uh, weeks, but just the season starts when it starts. So I'm really not concerned about him at all from an injury standpoint heading into this season. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I didn't realize that he wasn't even, I guess, practicing fully. But again, you talk about it's a shoulder injury. This is not a foot. It's not an ankle. It's not a knee. It's not something that he needs pushing off for. So I'm not worried about him. I, I'm super high on T. Higgins this year. You know, if I can get him late third round, I think it's a steal. There's usually guys like Michael Pittman around him. And, and you know, I've even taken him a couple of times over Jalen Waddell. I think taking him over Tyreek Hill is a little bit of a stretch. I mean, we could look at our rankings, but he's a guy that is just a top talent. And I think, Tom, I think a lot of people like say, well, Chase is on the team. So how can I draft as my wide receiver one, a guy that's a wide receiver two on a team? What do you think? I mean, I wrote an article about Joey B too. I love him, Joe Burrow. Can Joe Burrow sustain two top 12 wide receivers? Can he sustain two wide receiver ones? Absolutely. I mean, Burrow is is coming into being one of the, the elite quarterbacks in the league. And we've seen this before. We've seen Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We've seen Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. We, quarterbacks can provide for two wide receiver ones. It's absolutely doable. Now, do I think Higgins will finish top five? No. I think Chase will. If 
but I think Higgins could certainly finish around that wide receiver 10 to 12 range. So kind of right where his ADP is. So again, I think it's really similar to Evans where it's not like it might not be the sexiest upside pick, but it's a guy that's going to get you consistent numbers. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to be in the top 12, 15. I think his ceiling is probably eight to 10. But I think his floor, I would say, is very safe. No worse than wide receiver 20, right? As long as he stays healthy. So, and Joe Burrow can certainly, I mean, you guys can't see, you know, listening, but Tom laughed when I asked him the question can Joe Burrow sustain, t- you know, two top guys? He's actually sustained three wide receivers in the top 33 with Boyd as well. So they certainly throw the ball enough. They're going to be in a prolific offense with an improved offensive line. Burrow finally healthy, you know, fully, fully healthy gaining confidence, one of the better quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the league. So I like Higgins. So should you. Um, I'm definitely drafting him in a bunch of leagues this year. So moving on, I think it's our last guy here that's going in round three. He's going as pick 36. To me, a pick that is just as gross as who we discussed last episode in Cam Akers. His name is Antonio Gibson. So again, he's going at pick 36, which is really the tail end of the third round going as RB 19 strength. of schedule is pretty good. It's four. Um, now his ADP last season was 17th overall. So this is a guy that was getting picked, you know, top 10 running backs, a lot of promise. I mean, explosiveness. Um, he actually did finish the season as RB 10, which is super interesting to me. I thought he had a worse season than that. I just feel like there's a lot of red flags. I mean, his instincts don't look great. He had six fumbles last year. He already, I think it was last week, he had two fumbles in a preseason practice, which his ball security has always been a major, major issue, Antonio Gibson. Um, He was only an RB2, so yes, he finished in the top 10, but he was only an RB2, 53% of his games last year. So in games that he did not perform well, he basically put out, you know, 8.7 points, and he killed teams. He killed your fantasy team. They drafted Brian Robinson, who's a guy who I watched a little bit of tape on him. Not super explosive, but Robinson's a guy who takes care of the ball. Um, He's a good run blocker. There's a lot of positive traits for him, not as explosive as Gibson. But it is telling that they drafted a guy. Um, He kind of went through the gauntlet last year, Antonio Gibson. Played through a stress fracture. I think that was a big one, Tom, in his shin, you know, playing through injuries. Had a calf injury in week six. Had a toe injury in week 15. And now I just read a report in 2022 this year that he had a minor hamstring injury during OTAs. I think there's a lot of concern with him. I mean, with ball security, with all of his red flags, just about as an explosive talent as there is in the NFL. But I'm staying away from him. Tom, what's your analysis? What are your thoughts? Um, Yeah, so just what you said at first, uh, I'm not as nearly as concerned as him as I am with Cam Akers, but there is concern. Um, each of these injuries comes with some concern. The stress fracture is particularly concerning because that doesn't just happen for no reason. That doesn't just happen because you got hit in a particular way. That happens due to some sort of mechanical flaw with the way you're running, jumping, working out, whatever it may be. Or it could be um, a mechanical, a natural mechanical flaw in your foot and ankle position, the way your arches align or, or something along those lines. Some of those are correctable with rehab, with custom orthotics. We don't know what his foot looks like. We don't know what 
his ankle looks like. So I, I don't, I can't say if, if they're able to address whatever caused his stress fracture, but stress fractures can be something that recurs over and over and over again. Um, but not always. I mean, Joel Embiid, the center for the 76ers, he had some stress fracture issues early in his career and he's had no issues since. So it's, it is something that you can overcome. But you tell Tom's is, a Philly guy with all of his uh, Philly references. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but it is a cause for concern for sure. Um, and we've already talked about how the hamstring injuries, a previous hamstring injury is, you know, a risk factor for a future one. The same goes for the calf injuries. Um, interesting though, with his laundry list of injuries, he's only missed three games in his two year career. So I think kind of like Mike Evans, he's a guy that you're going to see on the injury list a lot, but he may not necessarily miss too many games. Now, what you're going to want to pay attention to is let's say he's on the injury list for a calf injury. You're going to want to go to fantasyinjuryteam.com and go to our calf injury page and look at what the data says about players coming back from that injury. I know off the top of my head, the first game back from a calf injury for running backs, it's not pretty. They don't perform well. But after that, they start to do a little bit better. So that's one of the things that we provide at fantasyinjuryteam.com is to help you make these decisions in season is this data on how players at each position perform when they return from particular injuries. Um, but overall, I think you hit it on the head with his situation. It's, it's worse than it was last year with the addition of Brian Robinson. Rivera wants to use both of them. He's made that very clear. And I think they spent a third round pick on Robinson. That's pretty good capital. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of a timeshare and then McKissick getting the third down role. So overall, I mean, I just don't see him returning his ADP this year. Could not agree more. And you mentioned, I was going to mention it before you or at one point, the head coach, Ron Rivera, right? He has stated publicly many times he wants to use Gibson and Robinson. Tom, where did Ron Rivera coach before? Carolina. Okay. He was the Carolina coach, I believe, 2011 to 2019. What type of system did he have? Now, fantasy, little throwback here. He had an absolute even running back by committee. You guys remember D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. He has said very clearly he sees the commanders going with a very similar system in which Gibson and Brian Robinson each get a big share of the offense. And again, you mentioned it too. J.D. McKissick still there. Probably comes in. I mean, he's not the best running back in football, but he's a guy who we've seen eat into shares of other players, probably a guy that we're going to see in the third, you know, on third down, some pass protection and who knows how good the commanders are going to be. They might be throwing a lot, you know, could be, could definitely eat into the role. So I'm out on him, Tom. I don't think he returns the ADP in the third round. You know, if you go wide receiver early and you take Gibson as your first running back ugh, to me, I, I'm, I'm out on that. Even yeah, as an RB two, I'm not, I'm not feeling it now. Could we see Gibson go off a couple of weeks and, and score 25 points, 28 points? Sure. Over the long term of the season, I doubt it. I'm fading him. I'm out on him. I think there's a lot more guys you can take with higher upside and honestly, even higher floors. So for me, I'm out on Gibson. Um, I think, Tom, you said you're pretty much fading him as well, right? 
I don't hate him. I'm just I don't like him at his ADP. If you start to see him slipping in drafts, which he could because the fantasy community is kind of saying the exact same things that we're saying now. But if you see him in round five, I'm okay with taking him there. I agree. I mean, I, I think when I say I hate a player, obviously it's nothing personal, but it means we hate them at their ADP, right? If we see Gibson going, you know, he's take, you know, pick 36. He's there at pick 50. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm smashing it. That's fine. But again, at this point, I think there's guys with more value. Okay. Agreed. All right. So three players down, four players left. We're moving on to some guys that I think we like a little bit more, at least this next one here in round four. He's going at pick 41, RB22, Travis Etienne Jr. Strength of schedule is 12th. An absolute standout at Clemson. I mean, I, I loved watching him work with Lawrence. An incredible talent, his ability, athleticism. Lawrence throws to running backs a ton. We know Etienne is a very capable pass catcher. I could see him passing or, or catching 50 on a very, very low end, 60, 65, 70 passes. I know that sounds crazy, but that's fantasy gold, guys. A running back who can catch passes, especially if you're in a PPR league. I mean, most of my leagues are half point, but he's a guy definitely with more upside in a PPR, half point PPR. He should be on the field a whole lot, right? I mean, uh, we don't think, I don't know the Vegas over under for Jaguars wins, but I think they could be trailing early and often, which is going to make then pass more. Um, Jacksonville, a, a little bit of a negative here. They don't have a great run blocking line. Um, and Tom, what we'll get into his injury, which was super rare. You know, in 2021, it was during the preseason, right? I think it was around this time, maybe a little bit later. I'm not sure. But it was the Liz Frank sprain. Placed on the IR, missed a season. Um, so this is a guy who hasn't taken an NFL snap yet. A lot of people are high on him, but again, a lot of people are nervous about this Liz Frank sprain. Tom, what's what is a Liz Frank sprain? Am I even saying it right? Yeah, Liz you're Frank? you're saying it right. Oh, so great. Okay. it's 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 not a specific term, but basically, it describes a sprain of the midfoot. So where the long, what are called tarsal bones, um, where they uh, meet the the midfoot bones. So it's it's either a sprain or a fracture. There, it can be either. Um, the there's a lot of concern because we've seen this essentially end players' careers. Um, Maurice Jones Drew, Ronnie Brown, Alshon Jeffrey. But what those guys had in common is they were 29, 30, 31 years old. We've also seen players like Le'Veon Bell and Julio Jones have this early in their career. And uh, Joe, how'd they end up? Uh, over the long term, I think pretty darn good. Yeah, pretty darn good. So, like you said, it's a small sample size, so we can't draw any conclusions from the data, but it appears that younger players can respond very favorably after this injury, whereas older players, it almost ends their career. Travis Etienne was 22 when he had this injury. That's about as young as you can get uh, in the NFL. So I am not concerned whatsoever about his outlook. Um, he's had a full year to rehab uh, from this injury. And his counterpart, James Robinson, I know Jacksonville loves him. I love him. I'm, the, I'm a huge James Robinson fan. But he tore his Achilles on December 26th. So he'll be about eight and a half or so months post-op at the start of the season. We talked extensively about the Achilles on the last episode. 
it's the hardest injury to come back from. It simply just is. Now, I know Robinson's practicing, which is amazing. But again, like we talked about the other day, there's a difference with being cleared to, to play and being yourself from this injury. The last bit of rehab from the Achilles is so, so, so challenging. And a lot of players never regain their explosiveness. In fact, um, I put a tweet out yesterday in, in the medical literature, only 30% of NFL players ever return to playing for this injury. And almost nobody fully regains the strength compared to the non-surgical side. So even if Robinson's out there, I don't expect him to be effective. And at some point, I would think that they would completely turn it over to ETN, assuming that he's playing well. So I'm I'm all in on ETN. I think he is a league winner this year. All systems go, baby. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Robinson came back to practice and he was still the RB1 on the Jaguars depth chart. I just pulled it up. It actually is ETN now. Guys, don't take preseason news to heart so much. You know, people saw videos of James Robinson cutting and jumping and running. Oh, he's back. Listen to the statistics. Listen to the analysis. This guy is not going to be even a fraction of what he was in his couple breakout seasons. It's going to be ETN. He's going to be the guy that eats there. I think the upside is absolutely tremendous to them. Yeah, rare injury, and he hasn't played an NFL snap yet, but he's had all the time in the world. So we all like him here at the fantasy injury team. He's a guy I'm going to try to get, you know, fourth. If he's there in the fourth, fifth round, um, you know, a guy that I would happily take at his ADP. Okay, we are on to J.K. Dobbins going at pick 52. So now we're in the fifth round, guys, going as RB25. Strength of schedule is 11th. Committee seems to be inevitable. There's still some major injury concerns. He's young. I mean, Dobbins is still only 23 years old. Last year, he really didn't play. But if we go back two years ago, 2020, Dobbins averaged 10 points per game, which is okay. Um, he was damn good at Ohio State. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know how much he's proven in the NFL, but the big injury for him, which we go into extensively on fantasyinjuryteam.com, it's one of the biggest, most common. You know, we see hamstring injuries, but the ACL tears is a major, major injury. And it happened last year during the preseason. It was a preseason game against Washington, went on the IR for the whole season. I remember people going crazy, taking uh, Gus Edwards in fantasy drafts. And then after him, he got hurt. And then it was like Tyson or Tyson Williams and people were like, oh, yeah, we, we love him. But he missed the whole season. Um, so, Tom, talk to us about the ACL tear. Do we think Dobbins is going to be ready? He seems to be practicing. I think he's off the pup list. But what's what's the word with J.K. Dobbins this year? So there's good news and bad news. Um, I'll start with the bad news. That is we talked about this last episode as well, that. Players get cleared to return to play, to practice to play after ACL injuries when they meet 90% of criteria on various tests. That's strength of the quad and hamstring, and that, that percentage is compared to the non-operative leg, so the uninjured leg. So 90% strength of the quads and the hamstrings, 90% performance on various single-leg hop tests and single-leg stance tests, like balance tests. But we know in the NFL, the difference between an elite running back and a bench warmer is so small that that 10% gap from 90 to hundred percent can be a significant factor in performance. Um, 
if we look at the data of running backs coming back from an ACL injury in their first game back, they averaged 7.3 points per game worse than their pre-injury baseline. In games two and three, they averaged six points per game worse. And in games four through six, 2.7 points per game worse. So we do see a positive trend that the further out they get from injury, the more games they play, they start to play better. Um, but if you're drafting J.K. Dobbins, you want to expect him to not perform well in the first like quarter of the season. Now, what he has going in his favor is one, he's very young. So we know that youth is beneficial for recovery. And his injury was in the preseason, as you mentioned. So a lot of the players on our data set, they got injured week two, week four, week six, et cetera. So they didn't have quite as much time to rehab as J.K. Dobbins did. I think that's going to really go in his favor. So I could see him outperforming some of these averages that I listed before, but I still would expect a decline in performance, at least to start the season. Um, he He's in a, a very run heavy offense. That's going to favor his position, but there's also, you know, it's going to be a committee. Jackson's going to take some of the goal line. He's going to vulture some goal line touchdowns. Um, we don't know when Gus Edwards is going to be back. The reports aren't great on him, but they did sign Mike Davis, who, you know, scored a touchdown last night in the preseason game. He's a pest. He's going to be a thorn in the side of Dobbins all year. Like, he's going to do just enough to be, like, annoying. Like, Mike Davis, oh, yeah, the Ravens are on the goal line. Oh, they're on the three, and here comes Mike Davis. Like, why is it not J.K. Dobbins? I feel like he's going to do just enough. And sorry to cut you off, but they have Justice Hill, too. I mean, not that Justice Hill is a standout NFL running back, but – they have four guys that are like capable NFL runners. I don't know. I like the talent. I don't really like the the situation too much. So similar similar to Gibson, if he falls in the draft, I'm comfortable taking him. Um, I'm not going to take him in the fourth round. If he's in the late fifth, I'll think about it. Sixth round for sure. But if you're picking him, just make sure that you've got someone else to start the first three, four games of the season. Because, like I said, we're expecting a decline in performance based on history. Okay. Do you do you make sure you you get the Gus bus if you get him? I mean, I don't know what draft you're gonna, what draft pick you're gonna have to spend on Gus. Maybe tenth, eleventh round. But is that something like you suggest? Like, all right, get Dobbins and then make sure you get like as a handcuff Gus Edwards. Is he is he that important? No, or? no, I don't. I don't think Edwards because he's coming off the same injury and he's in actually a worse spot. Uh, what I'm, I'm saying, pick like another running back from another team to fill that void for the first couple weeks of the season until we really see Dobbins become himself again. Okay, so someone's safer. You're not going to take a rookie to to fill in for him that you don't know what they're going to give you, but hopefully someone that can start the quarter of your season because you don't want to start Dobbins. And listen, Dobbins could be good to start, you know, but our data suggests that he's not going to be. But you want someone that's going to at least get you a hot start because four games into the season, you could be done. You don't want to be one and three taking Dobbins and zero oh and four. Um, you know, he, he he could lose you weeks. I mean, again, we've seen guys who have have been better and who have. I guess, gone against the odds. But again, all that data, and it's a lot of data, Tom, says that he is going to start slowly. And here's another strategy. Let someone else draft him. And if he starts slow, put a low ball offer in for him. Love that. When he's, you know, RB 42 after the first three weeks, you scoop him up and hopefully we see some positive plays from him. Yeah. Okay, we are on to our last two players, Tom. 
Show's flying by today. Okay, so our last guy here that is going in the fifth round, he's going at pick 56, wide receiver 21, another strength of schedule of two, teammates of Mike Evans. He is Chris Godwin. Listen, at the start of the season, or at least a while back, I, I remember people saying that he was going to miss at least six weeks. He's already practicing, which is unbelievable. It just shows that these guys are like absurd talents and just freaks of nature athletically. When will he be at 100%? I mean, I'll let you address that, Tom, but still only 26 years old, obviously plays for Tom Brady. Last season, Godwin averaged 13.8 points per game, which was solid. 2020, he was 13.2 points per game. Of course, this is half-point PPR scoring. He has missed nine games over the last three seasons. 2015, or excuse me, in 2019, we had a hamstring strain where he missed two games. 2020 in week three, a thigh hamstring strain. 2020, he broke his hand. He had a hand fracture. And then last year, 2021, deep in the season in week 15, Chris Godwin had a knee ACL tear and an MCL sprain. So what do you think? How do we feel about Godwin, his effectiveness? I mean, again, he's practicing. I mean, definitely not at 100%, but what's your evaluation, Tom, of his of Godwin's injuries and, and his season projections? So he's he's participating in individual and positional drills so far. To me, it sounds like they're just letting him continue to rehab while on the roster. I don't know what the team benefit is there versus having him on the pup, but he's not full go yet. He's only going to be 38 weeks post-injury at week one. And that's post-injury, not post-surgery. I couldn't find when the date of his surgery was, but we can assume 37 or so weeks post-surgery by week one. The average for receivers is 49 weeks. Now, again, like like what we talked about before, that 49 is a little inflated because there's a hard start to the season. Some of these guys would have been able to start sooner than that. But regardless, week one is going to be rushing it back for him big time. Uh, we talked about with Dobbins, that last 10%, these guys are cleared to, to, to play when they're at 90%. That last 10% is very significant. All that being said, the data suggests that receivers are not quite as negatively impacted when they return from an ACL as, as running backs are. In their first game back, receivers are averaging 3.6 points per game below their pre-injury baseline compared to running backs that was... Uh, 7.3 points per game worse in games two through three they're averaging one point per game worse than their pre-injury baseline so very close to their baseline and then games four through six they average actually exceeding their baseline their pre-injury baseline so that really complicates things to me because his time frame kind of muddies things it suggests that he really shouldn't be back until like week four through six or something like that and that even then his first first couple games will be a little bit slow so i'm i'm not against drafting him if your league has an ir slot that you can slide him on and if you get him at the right price i don't want him where he's going right now at pick 56 i wouldn't be comfortable picking him until round like nine or ten to be honest because i don't expect much from him that's way later than his adp wow i mean i know I know he's a guy that's going, like I said, fifth round. Like it's that's crazy. where you're gonna get your starters. Yeah, Godwin could be great. He could be electric. We know In how good he is. Second half of the second season. half of the season. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I feel like he's being rushed back, and I'm not. 
for me personally, I'm a little bit safer. I'm not willing to take a guy that in round five should be a plug and play start every week. He's going to be a guy that you're going to have to stash on your bench and who knows how long it's going to take him to get back to solid numbers. And even if you look at his number, he's not like, if this was a guy like, I don't know, McCaffrey, I know that's a little bit of a stretch, but if this is a guy that like, yeah, you're going to stash on your bench, he's going to come back and score you 20 points a week. Then I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. He's a guy, again, we're going back 13.8 points per game last season, season before that 13. So yeah, that's a wide receiver too, but this is like, a guy that is not going to be good early on. So it's just going to take time. And again, it's not like you're plugging him in and he's going to be, you know, top guy in the league. He'll be good. He'll be fine, but I'm not willing to take him there. You think, you think round 10, I mean, or would you say nine or 10, nine or 10 is what I, I mean. And also I might take him at eight. I might take him seven. He's not going to make it to there, but again, no, he yeah. won't. He's like, because, let, let someone because, else yeah. take him, right? Yeah, he, he won't last because of the name. But also, I mean, they signed Julio and Russell Gage. There's four wide receivers there now. That's a lot lot of mouths to feed. Who's that other guy? Scotty Miller, is he still there too? He he's, like always gets a couple catches well, a game. Yeah. He's good. There's a lot of guys. I mean, Brady can sustain all these guys, but I don't know. With Julio being there, it's, it's tough. It's okay. We shall see about Mr. Chris Godwin. And our last guy on the show today, Round seven, talk about, I mean, we, we talk about some big names here. This is a name, a, a legacy. Uh, I don't really know if you get bigger than this, I guess, in, in the fantasy world. They're pretty big, at least. I might be overhyping him up. But round seven, he's going at pick 74. I could already see Tom kind of licking his chops over there. Very excited about this guy. Going at wide receiver 29. His name is Michael Thomas. Strength of schedule is 14, so right in the middle. His ADP is going crazy, man. Like beginning of the summer, he was sometimes going undrafted because of all the unknown. Then he started going 10th round, 9th round, 8th round. Now he's going in the 7th round, Michael Thomas is. A guy we could potentially see going in the 6th or maybe even the 5th round as you know the casual fantasy players start to kind of return here in August. Is aging a little bit, you know, 29 years old. But dude, last time we saw him fully healthy, he tore the league up. I remember, I think his Twitter name is Can't Guard Mike, and he made a crazy catch in training camp the other day, and the fans were chanting Can't Guard Mike. He was a stud for a couple of years, man. Here's a statistic for you. Tom, I'll let you guess. When was his last regular season touchdown? In day, in day, uh, we'll make it a little bit simple. In days. How many days ago was it? To, from my, when Michael Thomas scored his last regular season touchdown. Oh, wow. Well, he didn't play at all last year. Uh, did he score the year before? I'm asking the questions around here, Tom. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 650 days. Okay, good. If you add another 300, it's been 961 oh days, no 961 days. That's December 22nd, 2019. Wow. <laughs> it was his last. I think he scored one. I'm, I'm saying regular season because I think he had a playoff touchdown in the mix there. But listen, it's been a long time. But if you're willing to go back this far and listen, in fantasy, three years is an eternity. If we were to pull up like the ADP from three years ago, we'd see names that haven't been in the league. But in 2019, 18.8 points per game. It's incredible. Yeah, he, was a, he was a monster. I, it was, he was unbelievable. I, I swear, I remember like maybe 2018, I wanted to like 
changed my my like profile picture to him because I think he carried me to one of my you know fantasy victories. But what a stud! So injuries though, obviously a huge concern, and first time playing without Breeze at quarterback. Um, but in 2020, hamstring injury, and then it was a lingering ankle injury. And then 2021, he had surgery on some ligaments in his left ankle. And again, without Breeze, Winston, I mean, is a capable quarterback in terms of fantasy and, and sustaining wide receivers. But let's talk injury, Tom. I mean, again, I look at 961 days, and that's just going to keep going up. I think that was from like a couple of days ago. What's our thoughts here? Is My good friend Vin would say, is the juice worth the squeeze on Thomas on Michael Thomas? What do you think, man? That's a long time to not score a touchdown. Wow. So here's the thing. He had the surgery on his deltoid and interosseous ligament, which are some of the, the stronger ligaments on the inside part of the ankle. Um, it's been about a year. He's had so much time to rehab, and, and these types of surgeries are a little more rare, but from what I've read, they respond pretty well. Um, we've seen lots of videos of him from camp and he looks terrific. All of the reports are phenomenal. Um, Joe, if he performs at 80%, 80, 80% of what he did in 2019, where do you think that would have put him at the, as far as wide receiver finishes last season? 80%. So you're talking like 80% of his, of his fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, well, I did cheat and took out a calculator and that would bring him at 15 points per game. So wide receiver seven. Yeah, exactly. Wide receiver seven. I swear I didn't cheat guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty damn good. That's 80%. Yes. 80, percent of, of his last full season. And if you can get the wide receiver seven on the season in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you're doing pretty good. So, yes, there's an injury risk. We've talked about how ankle injuries, especially surgical ones, can increase risk for future injury uh, anywhere in the lower body, even into the to the low back. But he's had a full year to rehab. I know he's been hitting his rehab really, really hard, so we, we like to think that's going to reduce that risk at least somewhat. Risk is still there for sure. Um, Jameis Winston has provided for wide receiver ones numerous times in his career. I mean, Winston himself is, you know, I don't love him if he was the quarterback for my team, but for my. Well, he's willing to throw the ball up eight times or, you know, a hundred times a game as deep as possible, have six interceptions, but that's not going <laughs> to yeah. affect your fantasy team. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So to me, the classic I'm... Jameis Winston line, you know, 320 yards, three touchdowns, five picks, Saints, you lose <laughs> 42 to 38 or something. But again, yeah, it doesn't affect your team as long as Michael Thomas can eat and Chris Olave or whoever else, but. Yeah, ahead, Tom, sorry. Yeah, so Olave and Landry are obviously there now, which which will take some target share potentially, but I still think Michael Thomas is going to eat. I'm firmly planting my flag that the end of the season, when all the stats come out of what player is most commonly rostered on a championship-winning team, it's going to be Michael Thomas. He is going to be the most common player on a championship-winning team. Bold statements from the doctor of physical therapy. Thomas. Okay. Uh, those of you guys at home, make sure you clip that. And uh, if he's right, you can uh, you tell Tom how great and how amazing he is. And if he's wrong, you can uh, make fun of him on Twitter like I usually do. <laughs> I like Thomas, man. Like going into seventh round seems crazy. I honestly think, I mean, we probably have like another three weeks till, till real draft start, but I see him going like sixth or fifth round. Yeah, I agree. And 
I think people will say, oh, he's washed up, but, you know, 80% is wide receiver seven. Yeah, you can sign me up for that in uh, the fifth and sixth round. So Absolutely. the juice is worth the squeeze, Tom. Okay. Even though 961 days, you sure you don't want to change your answer? I'm planting my flag. The flag has been planted. Okay. That does it for that portion of the show. We do have one new little segment here that Tom doesn't really know about. We're going to do a little speed round here for a couple minutes, and I've got a whole bunch of players here that are going around the same ADP, a whole bunch of different positions. And then I asked my, uh, my idiot crazy friends things that they would want me to ask you too. And you guys can message us on, uh, on Twitter, injury underscore fantasy, and you guys can you know gladly ask us questions. We would love to answer your questions on our show. But we're going to put Tom to the test here. He has no idea the people I'm about to ask him. I'm going to give him two players. No analysis. We're just going to keep this rolling. He's got to pick between them which one he would rather have. And we'll go, what, half point fantasy, half point uh, PPR, Tom, just to keep everything you know even. And if you guys are bored at home, you could play along with us and shout out the names in your car with your friends and, and, and see what you would pick. Tom, you look a little nervous. You ready? I'm ready to go. All right, here we go. So I just got a whole bunch of random things here, mostly fantasy players, but some fun stuff too. Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts? Pitts. Joe Mixon or Najee Harris? Harris. Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford? Oh, Wilson for sure. Okay. J.K. Dobbins or A.J. Dillon? Wow, that's a tough one. Oh, man. Uh, Give me Dillon. All right. A little bit of a deeper dive here. James Cook or Damian Pierce? Cook. Okay. Tyreek Hill or Debo Samuel? Debo. Absolutely Debo. Tom's offended by that question. Wasn't even close. (laughs) Gabe Davis or Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore. I'm trying to get him everywhere. Yeah, I like him too. Brandon Ayuk or Drake London? I think Ayuk has a big season this year. I think he's ready to break out. His ADP last year was crazy. He was getting picked like three rounds ahead of Debo Samuel. It was wild. All right, a couple more players here. Zach Ertz or Dawson Knox? Uh, I think Ertz gets off to a really good start with Hopkins out. Okay, quarterback, your boy, Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray? Oh, Kyler Murray for sure. Okay. Javante Williams or Nick Chubb? Wow, that's a good one, Joe. Oh, it's interesting because like Chubb has this nice safe floor, but he doesn't catch the ball. But Javante, he he very well could emerge as like a top three back in the league this year. So I'm going to take that upside. I love Javante Williams. I wish Melvin Gordon. I love the guy as a you know whatever, but just go somewhere else, Melvin Gordon. Okay, two more. DJ Moore or Scary Terry. Oh, man, somebody on Twitter posted this one the other day, and I said a complete push. I love them both the exact same. I think they're in such a similar situation. But You're on the really- clock, Tom. You're on the clock. DJ Moore. All right. <laughs> and last one of the players, Sky Moore or Rondell Moore? The Moores. Sky Moore. I, I like what I'm hearing in camp. All right, love it. Got some random fun ones here, Tom. We'll, we'll, we'll close our show with some fun. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Uh, not a sausage guy. Okay. Tom Hanks or Leonardo DiCaprio? Are you kidding? You can't say no to Leo. (laughs) 
I agree. Blonde or brunette? Oh, wow. Um, I'd say blonde. Okay. You didn't sound too convinced with that one. McDonald's or Wendy's? Neither. Come on. <laughs> All right, what's your, real quick, what's your go-to fast food then? One spot. Uh, Chick-fil-A. Okay. Uh, queso or guac? This is, this is now the mailbag from the men of Old Bridge, my boys. Okay. Queso or guac? Uh, guac. Okay. Got about five, six more. Vodka or tequila? Tequila. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, some of these, some of these, I just can't stay on stay on the show, unfortunately. Uh, Bud heavy or Bud light? Bud light. Okay, Jennifer Lopez or Shakira? Oh, that's a good one. Um, let's go with Shakira because I was just in Colombia. Okay, in sync are the Backstreet Boys. Uh, Backstreet Boys for sure. Okay, I, I I didn't really sort through these, so a lot of these other ones I can't say. We'll make sure we filter these out before. <laughs> uh, Halsey or Kelsey, ballerini. Halsey. She's got the most beautiful voice in the world. All right. And uh, Jordan or LeBron? Uh, Jordan. All right. Fair enough. All right. Fun little segment to end the show there. Maybe I'll have you ask me next time, but uh, I agree with some of them. Maybe we'll post some of these fun ones on, uh, on Twitter. We'll get a little poll going. So, all right. That does it for the uh, fantasy injury team, guys. That was an awesome show, Tom. I had so much fun with you, man. Um, thank you guys. Since we really can't thank you guys enough for listening. It means the world to us. Share with your friends, you know, check out our website. Listen, Tom is reading a ton of good, you know, statistics today. You can find all that. You guys can access all of that stuff on the fantasy injury team, fantasyinjuryteam.com. There's tons of great articles and content up there. We have our rankings up there. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, interact with us, message us and subscribe to the podcast. We're working on getting on Apple podcast as well, but that's about it, Tom. Um, any closing remarks? Um, no, just for, for the listeners on the fantasy injury team.com, we have our blogs, which are constantly putting out and that's on our homepage. And then if you go to the injury list, part of the menu, that's where all our stats are and all the analysis on the different injuries and, and what to expect when they're returning from. Love it. Awesome. All right. Last thing guys. So on our, our next show, we'll hit the, the final group of our guys who we have injury concerns on. We will discuss Rashad Penny, DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Woods, James Robinson, and the Gus Bus, Gus Edwards. So that'll be on our next show. Thank you guys again for listening. We are the Fantasy Injury Team, and we'll see you guys next time.